And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode 92 today. Your host, TJ Savaro, joined alongside me today, Commissioner Brandon Kersman, my father, Tommy Savaro, and uh, first time special guest on the podcast, very long awaited guest on the podcast, L- very long awaited. Um, one of the goats, Billy D'Amato. Billy, I'll start with you, brother. How are we doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm excited to uh, take part. I remember TJ telling me I needed to get a podcast of my own uh, for a little while when I exactly. made those videos back in the day. So glad to finally get on, talk a little bit, banter, maybe make some jokes. Who knows? Kurtz, how are we doing, brother? I'm just excited to have Billy on the pod because I know that I'm going to be laughing my ass off. Dad, how are we doing today? Doing good. Doing good? <laughs> man of man a few words. All right. Um, this, this is what, week six recap? Yeah, week six recap. Week six recap. We are six weeks through the season. Um, I want to say this. I want to start with this, Kurtz. Man, a bunch of teams were eliminated from the playoffs. This uh, eliminated from the playoffs and have played their final game last week. So, as always, me and Kurtzman always say this. Augie as well always say this. We thank everyone who played in the league this season. We thank everyone who played for the first time and showed up every single week and you know gave a good effort, talked good about the league. You know, probably have recommended it to friends. Because we get messages on the Instagram all the time talking about, hey, my boy plays in this. You know, it's his first time, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm interested in playing next season. So, you guys is what keep the – you know, you guys keep growing the league. And, you know, we love doing this. And we're just – we're super grateful and super happy that other people really enjoy this shit and take it seriously as well, Kurtzman. Yeah, no, uh, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, very happy to see a lot of new faces in this, the league this year. Got it up to 14 teams, the most we've ever had. Um, I'm hoping that in the summer we get to 20 teams. I'm hoping yep. that more people are hitting up the Instagram, more people are telling their friends, their talented friends, uh, quarterback <laughs> friends, quarterback uh, <laughs> that the league is on fire and it continues to grow every year. And uh, I'm excited for the playoffs and the rest of the regular season. Yeah. You know, someone like Billy, first time playing in the league this season, um, just, you know, makes a huge difference. So Billy, we'll, we'll shout you out as well for, you know, Joining appreciate it. Doing the appreciate it. You had to twist my arm a few times, but I finally gave in. Yeah. <laughs> let's do uh let, let's go into the games right away, Dad, unless you have anything. You have anything to say you want to talk about the people that played in the league that are eliminated? Uh, yeah, the teams like uh, Purdue, I'm assuming are they playing? Yeah, Purdue's out. They've done. Uh their quarterback Deshaun. Uh, Deshaun. I, I think that kid is a special talent. I mean, you watch him play. I know they didn't do well this year, but you watch him play. I mean, a flick of the wrist, he gets throw the ball 50 yards. You know, without a problem, he's got great legs. He's, I don't even defensively, he's a great defensive player. He's a top round talent. The only thing that he didn't have this year, he just, I don't think he was, he had the head for the uh, for, to, to play quarterback. I, I think it's it's just more than just having an arm. And Billy will tell you that. You know, sometimes you have to have more of a head than you do have an arm. Uh, he just, he just couldn't read it right, or maybe just getting used to the league. I'm not saying he couldn't do it. Uh, I think he's an exceptional talent. And I, I wish he'd come back. And if he's not going to play quarterback, I definitely want to see him in the league because he's that kind of special player. Yeah, I agree. People like that, you know, even tough. Either, you know, Purdue goes winless on the season, but they do have guys like that. Definitely guys that can play. And we'd love to see all those guys back in the league for sure. Let's get into these week six games right here. We'll start with the nine o'clock slate. Kurtzman, I'll start with your game, Wyoming against Florida. I predicted, uh, before I swing it to you, Kurtzman, I predicted that this was going to be your first air out of the season, the first game where you guys really, you know, got off on a team. And I think that, uh, I think I said it to you, and I did the play that stands out to me the most was that uh, first play interception, then boom, Mike Danino touchdown, first play back, welcome back, Mike. Then you get that uh, that touchdown, which I think you threw it to, it was Hughes, and then he pitched it back to you? 
Yeah, that was. Yeah. Uh, and then you guys scored. And then just the celebration, like everyone in the field was just so hyped. And you guys just looked like, okay, this is the team that's ready to, you know, ready to play in the playoffs right now. And you guys looked like you were playing as one. So um, uh, what were your thoughts on this one, Chris? And was this uh, everything you expected here? Yeah, no, you put it in my head that it could be an air out. And then as the more I watched the film and kind of just saw the things that we'd be able to do, um, getting Mike back, finally getting to play with Pat, having both those guys on the outside. Um, I, as the game, as soon as the game started, I picked off the first pass of the game and then we scored the next play. I kind of knew it was going to be a route from that moment on. Uh, we were playing really loose. Um, we were playing very efficient football. I feel like we were just kind of getting whatever we wanted. Uh, Florida's defense has been a little suspect all season since the early, since the early part of the season, I should say. Um, so we knew that if we need, if we were going to get the offense rolling and get it going, going into the playoffs, that this was going to be a game that we had the opportunity to see what we really got. And I'm happy that when we're at full strength, we looked the way we did, uh, Mike, three touchdowns. Welcome back. Haven't seen you in four weeks. Happy you played this week. Hopefully I have you the rest of the weeks. Um, as for Florida, they got a huge game to make the playoffs this week against Georgia. Um, they got to figure it out defensively. They need to figure out the rotations and they just kind of need to get it back on track. They started the season hot, but it's been a little downfall ever since then. Billy, what, what are your, what are your opinions on this one? Yeah. So I, I missed this game. I had a little bit of a late start on uh on Saturday. I intended on being there, but uh, you know, a couple things uh, you already, you just mentioned Florida's defense. I, I said, Florida's defense is the equivalent of a mesh condom. It's not stopping anything. So <laughs> You think about uh, we played them. We put up, I think, 28. I've seen 30s. I've seen a lot of points. They don't they don't really do a great job plastering receivers. Jodell does work trying to get after the quarterback, but oftentimes his weight tumbles him forward and he can't stand up. So they're trying, but they're not succeeding defensively. And then when I think about you guys, Kurtzman, um, you know, you think about teams in this league, you say, you know, FSU's got Justin, uh, Florida's got Jarrock, or Georgia's got IB, like, you think about you, like you have Danino, he's a very good player, but when teams say, oh, we got Wyoming, it's we have Wyoming, not we have Justin. And I think that's a statement to you guys that you guys play together really well. Um, I think about them like almost, you guys remember the Atlanta Hawks, was that 2014? They had like 60 all, wins. Yeah, 60 wins. They had all, all role players, but you didn't want to play them because they were so good at playing together. And I think that's how you guys go about it, Kurtzman, and your defense is more relentless than Deshaun Watson with the masseuse. So <laughs> keep trying to break you down. I know you picked me off, I think, twice, stopped us a bunch in the red zone. So that's just testament to you guys. Your defense is stout, and I think you guys lead the league in pick sixes or turnovers, but could be wrong. I'm not a stats guy. <laughs> Dad, what are your, what's your takeaways from this one? Kurtzman's got a very cerebral team, you know, from the quarterback down. I mean, uh, Matt Hughes is constantly – his head is in the game, and you need that. From, from, uh, from a lineman's position, you need that. Uh, great player. But I, I think that Danino not being there actually helped this team because it, it gave a chance to, for, for Pat to step up and, you know, show Kurtzman that he could be that other guy beside Danino. He could be a number one if Danino's not there. Uh, Danino coming back just makes him that much stronger, but I think it actually helped him that he, he took a, a couple of weeks off. But uh, again, it's it's uh, to beat them. Like I said, when I say cerebral team, you got a machine that all the parts are moving, makes it run. They all move. You know, they, there's no one that that's not cerebral. It's not, that's not thinking of uh, during uh, and after the game. I wanted to shout. Um, I wanted to shout my man James out on this one. 
James Wickoff. James was a beast in this game. And it seems like every game Wyoming has another guy who's just stepping up and being a beast. Like Danino comes back three touchdowns. Damien, we know what he's doing. Mork leaves this game at halftime. James Hughes, uh, Damien on the line. Dean was nice. I mean, like your whole team just plays super well, Kersman. So I'm I think we've pretty much covered it all. And you guys right now, you guys are, are undefeated. You're looking to be the first team in the history of the league to go undefeated and win a championship. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, listen, the quest has always been when we're winning the championship, but we try to go one and zero every week. We go one and one and zero every single week, and we'll be where we need to be at the end of the season. Um, as long as we show up and we're there to play, our heads have—I never felt like we played a game this season where our heads weren't in the game fully. So right. I think that as long as the players are actually there and on the field, we're going to be on stop full team. But I'm not getting cocky. I just think that we played the best this year. Bill, you have anything else you want to say on this one before we move on? I'd say Kurtzman, you're not being cocky, man. You're six, what six, seven and zero? Yeah, seven and zero. I'd be, I'd be talking ridiculous if I was. Yeah, seven last and time I was six and zero, and I would talk a lot. It didn't uh, I talk yep. ridiculous at, at four and four. Or, yeah, Yo, four Billy, and four. <laughs> Billy, so, Billy, Billy. Shit, you're good, man. <laughs> Billy Kurtzman, when Kurtzman was six and zero last time, he was six and zero. He was at the barber shop telling the barber, "Hey, put on a jersey. I'll throw you three touchdowns this week." That's <laughs> that's how he was feeling last time. He was he was six and zero. So we're taking the humble route this time. That, yeah, Kurtzman <laughs> being humble. Let's uh, you know, big one. Chris, you got stats on this? Stats in the game. All right. Nope, don't stats in the game. All right, let's go to the next 9 o'clock game. Oregon against Dartmouth. Um, have, did either of you see this one? I watched the film because I caught it. Okay, go ahead. Um, I'm really just disappointed in Oregon's offense. Every right. week I feel like I come on here and I say, like, they have so many good weapons. The offensive line seems like they're doing a decent job, I think. Um, I don't think it's Charles fault necessarily, but when I watch the film, I see a lot of long-developing plays kind of putting a lot of um, – pressure on your offensive line to make plays someone like a Bill, billy's team my team we run a lot of get the ball out timing routes over the middle quick eight to tens let your receivers kind of do the work for you Surov has an incredible arm and he lets that arm speak for itself every sunday that we step on the field but i'd like to see more of just getting the ball to your guys quicker the, the the corners are playing a little off i feel like um we say a lot of these things about their offense every week their defense is very good and they are very good at not allowing teams to score a lot of points. They're keeping teams under 20 for the most part every game. Um, I just think their offense needs to figure it out. Their season's complete. They played a triple header in this one. This was the first game of their triple header. They lost to Dartmouth uh, 18 to 15, I believe. Um, Piscopo looked very shaky in the beginning of this game, but the whole team kind of woke up and they were playing very good football. Piscopo was making a lot of really good throws. Hit Liam Knowles on a nice stop and go for a touchdown. Um, Rich Ritter scored a touchdown this game, I believe. Um, all around really good performance from Dartmouth. Uh, I'm excited to play them this week, and there's a reason why they're the, the number two team in the league. Billy, you saw this game? Uh, I didn't catch this game. I caught the film. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll kind of cover both these teams. I saw their later games in the day, but I'm going to just quickly agree with Kurtzman on – I don't know why they run so many long-developing routes. You've got guys like Pip. Zach and is it Bullen? I, I don't know guys, anybody. Like, yeah, you got guys that are good receivers. Get the ball in their hands, get them in space. Instead, you're putting a lot of pressure on the line. And Serhoff, like myself, not the most mobile guy, great arm. But if you're taking a long time to get the ball out, you give yourself a you know a tough time to complete passes down the field and avoid sacks. So I kind of agree with you on that one, Kersman. Dad. I was kind of bouncing in between games. I like I was watching half of one game, half the other. Yeah. But I caught um yeah, again, uh, I, I'd like to see Pitt more involved in the game. Uh, yeah, I think he's an exceptional talent. 
and and Billy, I'm sorry, um, Sarov has a great arm. As I'll take a quote from Billy this year, uh, he told Sarov, "You got a great arm. Uh, it's second best of mine in the league." I think I think um, I was a little bit disappointed in this game, Chris. I think me and you were talking after. And we talked about, like, damn, Dartmouth scored 18 points. Like, yeah, I guess they held Oregon to 15, but they only scored 18. You were kind of looking for them to come out and, you know, look like that well-oiled machine that they've been looking like. And I don't think it was like that at all. I think, you know, late in the game, I asked for the score because I was doing film for your game. I was filming um, the Wyoming game. So I wasn't really watching the other one. But um, <coughs> I was like, damn, it's, it's a three-point game. And, and Searles got the ball with a chance to, you know, come down and take the lead here. Yeah. I guess, you, you know, you could give credit to – the Dartmouth defense, and I, and you know, we talked about this earlier too, Kurtzman. Liam Knowles has started to get a little bit more involved, which we like to see with this Dartmouth team. But um, I don't think that was the best showing for Dartmouth. A good win, obviously, any win is a good win, and beating an opponent like Oregon is definitely a good win. But I think we were expecting a little bit more from them. Yeah, um, Dartmouth sitting at seven and one. They've won seven straight actually since their week one loss. Um, I, I, I expected more points. I thought that they would just kind of be more well-oiled, like you said. But they do do – Joe does a really good job of getting everyone involved. I see five guy, uh, four guys on the stat sheet with more than three, three catches or more. Um, Rich Ritter scored two touchdowns. Nick Tompkins has really been just more of like the um, – like uh, the reliable tight end, like not, he's, he's lined up at receiver, but I'm saying in terms of like, he goes to Nick, he goes to Tompkins when he absolutely needs to like big play third and five or fourth and five, it's going to Tompkins. But other than that, he's really j- good job of getting other guys involved. Liam's finally becoming a bigger role in the offense. Ritter's um, keeps, Ritter keeps Ritter, excellent Ritter scored, Yeah. Ritter scored two touchdowns in this game. Uh, yeah. First one, very nice route over the back of the end zone. Joe threw a perfect ball right over Tompkins and Tompkins defender and Rich caught it in the back of the end zone. Rich has been a great piece for this team. They got him in the seventh round that puts him in contention for sleeper of the year. I'm not foreshadowing who I'm uh, voting for, but he is definitely going to be someone that I have to consider. I think this is, he has six touchdowns on the season now. Um, He's been a big part of how good this team has been on both sides of the ball. Um, Joe drafted a really good team. And as long as their offense is able to keep up with their offenses, their defense is good and they're able to do a lot of things and they have a versatile um, roster. So like I said, I'm excited to play them next week. And one more thing to weigh in here on Dartmouth, because um, you're talking about a well-oiled machine. When we played them, I think it was week three, they put up 35 points and they they looked like it. But in the end of that game, Piscopo hurt his hamstring. And I was watching the film and there were a lot of times that it looked like he could have took off and run. And I wonder if he's hesitating a little bit, uh, given that. You know, he might be a little bit gimpy. He might not be 100% uh, because I saw him throw a lot more these last few weeks than he did against us. Mm-hmm. I, no, I definitely agree. The rushing attempts have been down. Yeah, no, that, that's your favorite thing to say is talk about people's injuries. So. <laughs> that, that is your favorite thing to do. You always talk. You always talk about injuries. No, nah, Joe, Joe is – Joe, if he got shot, he would still play. So, oh, definitely. I think, Seems like, like that kind of guy. Yeah, he's a gamer. Joe's a gamer. So I I hear what you're saying, and I do think it could affect him. Maybe, you know, it's affecting him a little bit because Joe is a great athlete, but I don't think Joe would want any excuses for himself. I'm not saying that you guys are making Sorry, Joe. Me, but... My bad, man. <laughs> not saying that you're making any excuses. I have stats for this game. Yeah, Kurtz. All right. Joe Piscopo, 13 of 23, 120 yards and three touchdowns. Also had six carries for 52 yards. Tompkins had three catches for 39 yards. Musi had three catches, 22 yards, and two pass breakups. Liam Knowles had four catches, 37 yards, and a touchdown. Joe Mayo had an interception. Rich Ritter had three catches, 25 yards, and two touchdowns. And Joe Liotta had two tackles 
for Dartmouth. For Oregon, Suroff was 8 of 21, 100 yards, two touchdowns, five catches, uh, five rushes, 40 yards, also had two sacks. Pip, four catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown. Two sacks, one being a safety, two pass breakups, and six tackles. That's a way to fill up the stat sheet. Um, Bowen, three catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Anthony had one catch for five yards. Justin had three tackles. Puget had three pass breakups, three tackles, and an interception. And Amir had a pass breakup and three tackles. Nice. All right. Let's move on to the 10 o'clock slate. Let's go FSU versus Florida in this one. Dad, I'll start with you. You watch this game? I did not watch this game. I read this game. Okay, Kurtz. I thought you were watching. I thought you were sitting on the sideline for this game. I think you were. I think once Kurtzman starts talking about it, your memory will come back. Um, no, this was just a game of really uh, Florida State jumped out early and kind of never looked back. The score got very close late. Final score was 40-32 to 32 FSU victory. But Florida State always had this game in hand. Uh, Florida kind of woke up in the second half. Jarrock kind of got on his team at halftime and said, are we about to really just fall? Are we about to lose these two games? You got to come out and show us something right here. Um they, they fought hard. They cut it to one score, and they actually had a chance to win. They got the onside kick, and Jarrock threw an interception, I believe, on the 10-yard line into the end zone um, with about 25 seconds left, 30 seconds left. But the, it was the same old story with Florida. Uh, defense didn't get any stops for them. They, Florida State was getting whatever they wanted. Justin had a nice game. Augie had a big game on the ground. Um Florida State had a very creative offense. I think they ran a lot of different plays, and they uh, showed Florida a bunch of different looks. I can't. I need to watch the film on that after to kind of see that. But um, overall, Florida State should not have let this game get as close as it did. But regardless, made the plays at the end to get the victory. Billy, yeah, I uh, I was watching this one and and kind of not watching it. You catch me on the film looking away at some points. But um, yeah, I think Kurtz hit it on the head. Uh, Augie did a really good job on the ground. He he runs like a – you see one of those things outside of a car dealership that just waving around? Yeah. <laughs> he, he looks like he's going to fall over, but he doesn't, and he makes people miss. So credit to Augie. He ran really well, and to run like that against Jarrock, who we know can run the rock. Um, and then also, you know, with them, it comes down to feeding Justin and uh, at least a receiver. I watched a couple of the films, you know, preparing for my podcast. I had to study. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but – uh not many teams have tried to like thoroughly double Justin, mm. like put a safety over top and say, Augie, we're going to play a man on the other side. And you got to try and get it to one of these guys. Uh, Cause I mean, if you're going to put one guy in a safety in the middle of the field, Justin's going to win and sidebar, I'm still picking Jelani, but in any event uh, from the, the Florida side, you know, Jarak is, he's fun to watch. I, I, I give him the nickname Reverend rock. Uh, he's got salt and pepper hair. He looks like if you put a clergyman collar on him, he'd tell you to say an Our Father or something. He's he's ridiculous, though. Slipperier than a wet floor sign. And you you put him on the ground. He I think he – I don't even know how many times he threw, but he was gassed. And then I don't know if we all saw it, but that onside kick that he made, I think four people fall down. And then, ironically enough, they get down – they're down eight points, I think. Yeah. He's on the five-yard line, and the one time he doesn't run, he should have. He had five yards that he could have gotten in the end zone. He forced one at the back. It got picked. Uh, but like I, like Kurtzman said in the first game, same deal with Florida. They can't stop a nosebleed. So how are you going to win if you're going to, you know, rely on your offense putting up 35 points a game 
when really sometimes you only get five possessions. So you got to score every time in order to stay in the ball game. Yeah. Um, it's, it's to the point where I'm a little upset that, you know, a little disappointed that this Florida team could be on the outside looking in when we go to the next uh, playoffs next week. Right. Kurtzman, what's the, uh, what's the situation for Florida here? Well, Florida plays Georgia, Florida's three wins. TCU plays, has three wins, but plays two games, one against me, one against Ole Miss. So, um, Florida needs to finish with a better record than TCU because TCU beat Florida earlier in the season. So um, Florida has to beat Georgia, which has been a tough thing to do this year. Billy is the actual only team to actually beat them uh, in a game. Go Red Raiders, baby. Red Raiders. Um, But if they got to come out, they got to come out firing next week because IB can jump on you quick and demoralize the team from the go. Um, I just hope Florida comes in with a lot of fight and makes it a game next week and keeps it competitive. I know Jarrock will be very upset to see if he's one of the four teams on the outside looking in, but that's kind of the way that it, it's looking at the moment. Yeah, sad. Like, I think in the beginning of the season, we all kind of kind of penciled this Florida team in for the playoffs. We kind of had them. I think some of us had them in their t- our top five, top six power rankings. So to see them fall to where they're at has definitely been disappointing. But uh, nonetheless, I still think that they're a group that's capable of getting it done on any sun on any given Sunday. So, um, you know, Florida State, obviously, they continue to look good. Uh, Billy, you talked about how, you know, you don't think you've seen any team truly commit to kind of doubling Justin. Mm-hmm. I think if you look at that Wyoming game, um, Kurtzman lets up a, a fourth down play to Justin, which ends up being a touchdown. And then kind of from the rest of the game on, like from that point on for the rest of the game, they uh, they kind of did do what you were talking about, where mm-hmm. they truly committed to having two guys on about the entire time. And I think it it caused problems for that Florida State team. But I'll say this as well. Even if you have two guys on Justin, Augie's still going to throw him the ball and Justin's still going to make plays. So I think you have to have the right two guys on him as well. It can't just be two bodies. It's definitely got to be the right two athletes to go up against Justin. Yeah. And, and I think that truth be told, they're one v one on one. And, and I'm, I sound like I'm riding my guy here. Pause. But there's only I would trust Jelani on Justin one on one. Safety can look at it, but I trust him. I don't think there's another player in the league that you say I trust him covering Justin one on one. I think Kurtzman would say Pat. Pat would Pat Reddington would have a heart attack if I didn't say his name right now. Yeah, I, and, I, and I honestly and Mike would have a heart attack if I didn't say his name because he's been playing against Justin his whole life. So that's gonna be us just going for our guys. But yeah. I get what you're yeah. saying. Well, truth be told, I, I haven't saying, I haven't so. seen Pat, I haven't really seen any of your games. And when you played us, Pat wasn't there. So I I, I can't really gauge him, but I'm just saying that when it comes to him, you have to put two guys on him yes. and then just say, if Augie's going to throw into double coverage and they're going to beat you in double coverage, you're going to lose the game. It's like, we're watching this Nets game right now. If Giannis is going to hit five threes, the Bucks are going to win the game. You just live with it though. Kind of thing where you really try to force Augie to, to get it to the other guys and make them beat you. And if they beat you, you tip your cap, but you know, you can't just let him keep throwing the ball up to Justin and, and letting him score. He leads the league in every receiving category possible. It, you can't allow that to happen and then look back and say, well, what else could we have done? Well, you could have tried your best. If you put one guy on him, that's not your best. Yeah. Anything else on this one? Yeah. Um, I don't have stats on it though. So uh, no, no stats. Yeah. I think it's a travesty. If, if Florida doesn't get in and TCU does, I think TCU has been horrible this year. Uh, and Florida has been in every single football game. You can't tell me it was a game where they got blown out 
They're just that good. TCU did beat Florida, though. Yeah, they did. That's that, and and that's the killer. What did I do this week? What did I do this week to Florida? You killed them. I blew them out. Yeah, so they weren't in every game. Uh, it's a loophole. <laughs> they weren't right in every there. game because I blew them <laughs> out this week. I promise you that. They scored in the last play of the game to make that shit look decently. Uh, did you rock make a thousand a thousand? Uh, he was at seven fifteen and seven forty last time we I updated stats. So I got to play in this week's two games. Well, how do you have to have over two hundred yards in, in, in between? Yeah, he's players. probably listening. He's probably gonna. He's probably gonna have a thousand a thousand. I expected that going into the season. Well, he'd, be, he'd be the first player, right? Yeah, <laughs> wow. that would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. All right, let's get to the next game. All right, next game here. Let's go Alabama versus TCU. Alabama, one of the teams that has officially been eliminated. Shout out to those guys for coming out and playing this season. Shout out to Emmerich for being a captain and taking on they that still have one more game next week. Yeah, yeah, we play them. Yeah, no, they they were eliminated though, correct? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying just shout out, shout out to those guys that even though they are eliminated, we're gonna spend obviously less time talking about them because they are a team that's eliminated. Um, did either of you guys see this game? Yes. I caught this one. All right, yeah, Billy, start us off. Yeah, so uh just looking you know, TCU, as Tommy said, when I think Eric's been there, what, like three games? Two, maybe three times, yeah. Yeah, and and that put – we played Dylan at quarterback. Dylan's been playing a lot of quarterback. He's not a quarterback. You know, when he throws a ball, it looks like Shaquem Griffin's throwing it. And if you know <laughs> who Shaquem Griffin is, you'll get that. But yeah. they he actually did a decent job this week getting the ball out quick. They ran some some jet sweeps, I think uh, – I can't think of his name. He had a long touchdown. Michael Levo. Michael Levo. He had a long touchdown. Um, but the ultimatum with them is if you have optional attendance, it's really hard. Because uh, I remember playing Eric back in the one day tournament. The one day tournament. Yeah. And he ran circles around us. It looked like we were the little giants and he was just pirouetting in the backfield. So not having him the whole season and not letting Dylan play his natural position really hurt them in this game. Um, they did a good job, though. I think also the uh, unfortunate hit on uh, Bama's quarterback was it Devin? Yeah, was uh, he got knocked out of the game, and then Wiz comes in at QB, and you put Wiz at QB, it's like taking Stevie Wonder sightseeing. It makes no <laughs> sense. It was terrible. He threw two picks. He's throwing lollipops. Like they weren't gonna win. But shout out to Alabama, and then also they had, you know, Den- Denoya Island, but. That island's right off the coast. It's got a bridge, a helipad, <laughs> airport, whatever. It's easy to get onto. And then he starts mousing the house amongst Bama. They got into a big uh, fight. So, you know, they they kind of seemed a little bit uh, – I only saw a couple of their games this year, but they seemed a little disconnected. Um, and then, obviously, they had the incident against uh, Dartmouth, you know, that put a sour spot on on Abby, who was actually playing really good QB at that, at that point. Guy could throw the ball. Um, but – this game comes down to it. TCU won it, I think. Uh, keeps them alive, too. I don't know if Eric's going to show up for the final week. They got two games, but it would be huge because they could uh, turn around and potentially get in the playoffs. Kurtz. Yeah, um, Billy definitely got it correct. I think TCU – well, first of all, Dylan was electric. Um, Dylan said he needed to get his first quarterback win of his career in the league. Uh Every other guy, every a bunch of other the receive, top receivers have gotten the opportunity. Dylan hadn't really had his chance yet, um, and he really did really good at really well, I should say, at running one way and then setting his feet, getting to a new spot, and then still looking for receivers downfield. Um, a lot of times, new quarterbacks you see them just tuck and run as soon as they get break the pocket. I thought Dylan did a good job at doing that, and 
he threw better than he did in previous weeks. Um, yeah. That week against Billy was a little was a little disgusting, but this week he did a good job throwing the ball pretty accurately. Um, I didn't see anything that made me like throw up on the film. So all in all, Dylan played a great game. Michael Oliva was great. Prem had a good game. Um, they they're alive. They're the ten seed right now. They control their own destiny. They win, they're in one of their two games. They win, they're probably in. So, or no, they, if they win, they're actually in. So, yeah. all they need to do is take care of business in one out of their two games. Um, they play another four and four team in Ole Miss, who is reeling a little bit right now. But they got to feel a little more confident after last week. And uh, I'm not sure if Eric's showing up or not, but Dylan's definitely going to be ready to play quarterback if he's not. Dad. I mean, maybe we're watching different games. I saw something totally different. Um, it's, it's rare that, you know, uh, you get a quarterback. I'm not saying, listen, Dylan's not a quarterback. He's a great receiver. He came in, he played, helped his team win. Uh, I just didn't like, you know, he threw, he threw a ball. He rolled right threw across the field left. And as soon as he threw it, he said, Oh no. And then Denoya missed the, the, the pick. Oliva gets and goes for a touchdown. So there, there's one play that could have went totally the opposite way. He gets a touchdown. Another pass to, uh, Oliva, Pretty much 50-50, actually probably less than 50-50, where Oliva shouldn't have caught it, but he did and scored a touchdown again. So two really bad passes results in two two scores for I'm giving for Dylan, I'm giving Dylan credit for no, making no, a play. I, I, listen. I'm giving him credit for making a play. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he made a, his team made a play for him. Oliva made a play for him. But how many times do you hear a quarterback say, oh no, and get a touchdown out of it? Uh, okay. Alabama just okay, Oliva's over there somewhere. <laughs> Alabama disappointed me in the fact that I was looking forward to uh, hopefully, you know, uh, he had a positive game from Dev the week before. I thought he was going to carry it over. And I thought he was doing well up until the point he got hurt. Um, what I didn't like is he gets hurt. And if you come out of the game, come out of the game. Don't go back into the game as a receiver. If you're going to play, I, you know what? Play your position. Because you're going to get hurt probably more as a receiver than you know, as a quarterback. It was a couple of jump balls he had in, in the end zone. And if you're hurting your knee, you shouldn't be going up like that. I, you know, if you're hurt, come out of the game. If you all have to play, go back to your position. That's what I think. But a uh, little disappointed that he didn't finish the game. Right. Kurtzman, you got anything to respond to that with? Uh, I mean, <laughs> he, he, he can see what he wants. I saw Dylan being electric and making plays for his team. So Watch, watch the film again. Listen, you're only as good as your receiver sometimes, so your receiver's got to be out there making plays for you. Barring great throws. Billy, do you have a response? Yeah, they were great. Oh, uh, to, to Dylan, I mean, he's not a quarterback. He he makes some bad decisions. He, he, you know, you live you live with it. I mean, he got away with one, like you said, Tommy, but I think – We all get away with one. Yeah, I, I got away with one this week. I, I, I consider myself the best quarterback in this league, not to toot my own horn, but to toot. But um, you think – at least passing. Not running. You guys run well. I'm I'm flat footed and don't move. But anyway, he he made some good plays and, you know, they got a win, which was big for them. Kudos to him uh, to go out of position, out of his comfort zone. Also playing with subs and guys that aren't his normal receivers. They were missing that big guy from the from the first week against us who had 100 yards. So, yeah. you know, he, he did a good job and a team they should be. Uh, and I'm just happy he got it done. I use one of the best linemen in the league. And he had uh, Kurtzman for a, uh, a first half. For like three plays. plays but. Like a few plays. All right. Yeah, it was a few I'm, plays. Listen, my, like, my I've heard like four or five plays. I'm, I'm crediting Dylan for stepping up and getting a, a must win as a quarterback when Dylan's not a quarterback. I'll, I'll, I'll and pat he just him on out- the back and say, good job. He's, he's, he's not going to win many games playing like that, though. No, uh, probably not. But I'm, I'm giving him his credit for getting that a must win right there. I'm sh- shout out to Dylan, man. That's a good one for him. You All got- right, I'm giving out stats. We're yeah, off this game. 
<laughs> yeah, Dylan was 11 to 16, 180 yards, wow. three touchdowns, wow. and a pick. Yeah, also yeah. had six carries, 55 yards, and two touchdowns. Also had five tackles and a pass breakup. Prem, three catches, 28 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a safety. Uh, Oliva was six catches, 119 yards, and two touchdowns. Also had two interceptions and a conversion. Tyler Andreas had two catches for 33 yards, and Ballo had a pass breakup. For Alabama, Dev was six of 11, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Wiz was three for eight, 67 yards, two interceptions. Dev ran five times for 36 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Emmerich, three catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Also had an interception. Wiz had two catches for 26 yards and four carries for 34 yards. Denoya had a catch and three tackles and a pass breakup. Keyshawn had two catches for 14 yards. Um, and Dev had two catches for 15 yards as a receiver. All right, let's go to the 11 o'clock slate. Dartmouth against Purdue. Billy, could I start with you on this one? Yeah, sure. I, uh, I caught about the first half of this because then I started warming up with my guys. But um, Dartmouth, as you guys said in the first game, their offense – was boring but effective. It, they got the job done um, against or against Purdue, which you should, um, you know, given their 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 record. And I said, you know, um, let Brucey play, and that's my guy Joey Leota. I love that kid. He's funny. Um, he made a good pass against us. Maybe let him throw the ball a little bit because uh, Piscopo does struggle a little bit with his arm. Um, I think his best attribute is his legs. Uh, and then, like you mentioned first time, and I had it in my notes here, um, Tarzan, which is Liam Knowles. Or, uh, he reminds me of uh, Donnie from Wild Thornberries. He's out there. He's running around, but they're getting him involved. And uh, I think Dartmouth's a good team. And when you have Tompkins, who can kind of be your anchor on, uh, you know, as a receiver, trusty hands, get you, get you tight conversions and such, and then also pressure the quarterback, they're a pretty good team. And um, as for Oregon, I think – same or sorry, not Oregon, Purdue. Uh, I, I really like Deshaun. I think that he got, you know, he got a bad lot in this um, because I think his first three picks were his friends and they ended up not really playing. Um, but he is like, you know, the, the saying, you know, smoother than a baby's bottom. Yeah, He makes a baby's bottom look rough. He runs around and he is so fluid on the field and I think that he really has a place in this league for sure. And I think it's as a quarterback because with better people around him uh, and a better team, he had guys, I think they've been subbing for the last three weeks. So hopefully he can, uh, he can stick around and play again because I think he is one of the best athletes in this league. Huh. High praise from Billy right there. Well, that's my guy. It's my guy. Me and him were, when I played him, we were hitting it off. So he, we were cracking jokes and stuff. So I really like Deshaun. I think he's a very good player. High praise. Kersman. Um, yeah, this was the game Dartmouth needed. Uh, they came off a rough offensive showing in the first game, and they came out here and kind of got an air out. Started with a crazy Piscopo interception that he lateral to no look lateral to Tompkins for a pick six, which um, was one of the highlights of the week. He uh, Piscopo has been very good this year at just using his legs, making plays when he needs to. Um, doesn't really force a lot of throws. I feel like takes his shots, but he's been very methodical and he's in the MVP running. His team is seven and one atop, atop the, uh, the standings right below us. And they're going to have a chance for the number one seed this week against us. So um, I am, they are a very complete team as I've saw on film and they showed it in this one. They got scores from Santuccio, from Ritter, from pretty sure Tompkins scored or Liam Mills scored another one in this game. So overall, 
great, great team, and I'm excited to get at them this week. As for Purdue, um, season comes to an end this week. I wish they would have been able to pull out a win, but like Billy said, they've been playing with subs for the last three, four weeks. His top pick stopped showing up, got hurt, etc. cetera. Um, it's just – it was a tough situation from the beginning. They had a couple of good opportunities to win games against Alabama, against Michigan State. Um, but they were just weren't able to put two halves of football together. And I think that was the ultimate downfall of the team. Um, I thought uh, Ali Ahmed, Ahmed Shah had a good year. I thought A-Rod, uh, Anthony Rodriguez had a good had a couple of good games where he showed flashes. Um, but overall, I do think Deshaun is also a quarterback in this league. And I hope that uh, for the next season, he's ready to continue doing that. Well, I, I, you know, I uh... – I like that you guys said that, and I think I hope Deshaun comes back and plays quarterback as well. You have stats for this one, Kurtzman? Um, yeah, I do. Deshaun also said he's going to be at the playoffs, so I know he's very uh, interested in the. He's definitely like his is the hunger is definitely there. He also asked me where the basketball, where when was the basketball league coming back, and I told him. Uh, yeah, he's he's oh. looking to get it back in blood in the basketball league. Yeah, I mean, because we know what he's like in the basketball league. And all. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking for the stats. If you didn't, if you didn't realize, no, I, I can hear you flipping through the pages. Yep, Dad, I didn't like, go to you. Do you have anything to say? I really didn't watch much of this game. Uh, you just, you just gave out. You, you gave your, uh, your speech already. Speech. Billy, you got any entertaining uh, jokes or anything to, to uh, walk us and look for the film? Oh, no, shit, I, don't, I, don't, no, I don't have the stats. I'm sorry, I don't have the stats. Well, I will say this. I will say this. I. Mixed up my notes for this one with the uh, Oregon game for Dartmouth. I didn't realize they put on uh, put up that many points because um, they were boring but effective in the first game and they ended up winning. But uh, sorry, yes. Piscobal, I didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> the, All right. Let's go right yeah, next game, second 11 o'clock game, Oregon versus Blue Mountain State. Kurtzman. I ref this game. I ref this game. Um, this was This was honestly in the trenches was extremely physical – um, Amir, Santiago, Justin, Vinarina, uh, Mikey a little bit, and Vin Gargano were honestly getting after at the line of scrimmage. Both quarterbacks were feeling pressure the entire day. I thought both defenses were very good in this one. Um, a lot of good flag grabbing, not a lot of big plays. Um, had to grind it out drives. Pretty sure it was one was zero zero almost until the end of the half where BMS put one in. Um, Oregon, once again, fights super strong, but just really can't get it. the offense going. Um, they were held to 12 points in this game. Final score was 13 to 12. They didn't convert on the one-point conversion after they, they made it 13-12. Went for the onside kick, didn't get it. Uh, got the ball back with like 15 seconds left, but weren't able to um, get it into the end zone. Pip, I thought Pip had a really good opportunity on the jump ball prior to the final play of the game. Thought he got his hands on it. I kind of expected him to make the catch because he does that so often. Um, but BMS, man, I got to give it up to them. We all picked them to go. I think we all picked them to go 0-2 this week. No, right? we picked them to go 1-1. and Me and you, Chris, man, picked them to go 1-1. Oh, okay. Well, they went out there, and they they Vin had a chip on his shoulder, and he he ends up going 2-0 on the day. We'll talk about the second game later. But in this game, he was – did enough to get the job done. I think they do a really good job play calling and they run the ball the most in the league by any team that isn't like not the quarterback. I'm saying they run the most motion of any team in the league, I think. And uh, the offense I thought did a pretty good job moving the ball. Just needs to do a better job getting in the end zone. Billy. Yeah. So uh, I caught a little bit of this game. Uh, like I said, and, and one thing I thought was funny, uh, Vin, Vin Gargano and Vin Arena look like if you made bang energy drinks, people. 
<laughs> they're hysterical. Like the the mullets, the 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 freaking sunglasses. They're they're funny. But I was watching them before the game actually, and Vic Argeno was taking this really seriously. He had his guys warming up for about thirty minutes. They're running routes. They're running blocking schemes. They're running defensive defensive uh, calls and all this stuff. You could tell he took it seriously. Uh, I think it paid off him defensively. I believe Mikey Gargano might have had two picks in this game. Yes, or, he yeah, he had a, he had some uh, some jump balls. Uh, that he came down with. He's a pretty big guy. But, uh, you know, BMS did come out and win. Oregon, same thing goes for them. I I really think that they just need to get their athletes more involved. They needed to get their athletes more involved quickly. quickly Instead of trying to go down the field, you know, screen it to Pip, let him run. Um, I felt like they always tried to force it a little bit, and, and it came to their demise. But shout out to BMS because they were in the same spot as us, I think, two and four. Um, and needed to come up with two with two victories. We'll talk about one later, but this was a big one to start it. Man, hats off to the Gargano brothers. Vin uh, took two this week, and he had to. Uh, that's what I expected all year. They hit some lows this year when you didn't expect it, but you know, coming out with a doubleheader is huge. Uh, Mikey was spectacular on defense. Uh, always talking, always active. Kind of with two picks. Uh, read the quarterback well. Uh, great game by Mike. Uh, great game by Blue Mountain State. Kersman, did the legend of Vin Gargano return in this one? Yeah, I think it did. And not the way that it normally does, because when Vin used to dominate the league, he was putting up points and the offense was churning at all at all all league levels. <laughs> they were hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, no, yeah. all league levels. And this week their defense really came up huge. Vin was getting quarterback on uh, getting quarterback, getting pressure on Suroff all day long. And Vin Arena also doing a very good job at kind of getting what he wanted on the line. Uh, tensions got high for Oregon in this one. They were slapped in the face looking for a possible 0-2 start to a triple header that they asked for. So um, they, the tensions rose in this game, a little drawing back and forth in the huddle between some of the guys. But, um, yeah, Billy said it. They got to get some going in the short to intermediate and just letting their athletes kind of make plays for them. Too much down the field. I know you got the big arm, off, but you got to change it up a little bit, I feel like. Um, Pippen went four targets in this game. Uh, that's just uh, as you criminal, know, said, criminal. I've said that a million times on the podcast. My best receiver is always going to get his eight to 12 targets because you got to get your best guys involved and you got to keep them involved early and often. And I think like I've said that a million times. Like a broken record. It, yeah, it is a broken record, but we still see teams not able to do it all the time. Um, Vin, on the other hand, does a great job of getting everybody involved. Uh, he had seven guys with two targets or more and six guys with two catches or more. So not uh, – I wouldn't say there's, there's no superstar receiver on this team, but they got Mikey Paul, Bryce, who's been a complete breakout player this year, um, Matt Green, who's been good at the back end of the draft, and Robbie Samarco, who did score a touchdown on this day, not in this game, but uh, he's a, 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 a sleeper player that I'm still kind of waiting for them to unlock. Yeah, um, huge win for Blue Mountain State in this one. Do we have stats, Kurt? Yeah, Vin yeah. was 18 of 26, 158 yards, two touchdowns. Also, um, three catches, uh, three rushes, 27 yards. Mikey was five catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Also had two interceptions. Paul had two catches for nine yards and a pass breakup. Matt Green had three catches for 16 yards. Bryce had three catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Vinarina, two catches, 10 yards, and Rob Samarco, three catches, 26 yards, and a pass breakup. For Oregon, Suroff was 6-19, 63 yards, two, catch, uh, two rushes, 21 yards, also had another sack in this game. 
Pip, one catch, 12 yards, eight tackles, and a sack. Steve Bowen, two catches, 25 yards, and a touchdown. Zach Stray had an interception. Uh, Santiago scored a, a, a touchdown catch, and Justin Suarez had a nine-yard catch, and Amir had a sack. Nice. All right, let's move on to the 12 o'clock slate. Let's go. Billy, I'll start with your game here. Texas Tech against MSU. How are we feeling about this one? Yeah, so uh, first of all, I'd like to thank Kurtzman for prematurely postponing last week so I could take part in this game um, <laughs> because we really thought we had a good shot um, going in. And, uh, you know, Sammy Styles, it's my guy, 15% off at Air, uh, American Eagle Online. Use that as promo code. Um, but uh, he relies on two guys, and our defense, you got to give it to Jay Kill. You know, we talk about it, but he really comes up with it. Um, they rely on Hassert and they rely on Douglas. Um, I think we did a good job at taking both of them away defensively. They, uh, they had some struggles early on. Uh, Jelani had a pick six. Um, we had a couple stops on fourth down, uh, got us the ball back, um, you know, so they weren't scoring. And then offensively, and, you know, we had Jelani for this one. And Sadati's been great. Sadati's been wonderful. But when you look at our team, you say, all right, we're going to double Steve when Sadati's on the field. When Jelani's on the field, you got to double cover him. And, and they had Sam on him at first. Um, but they were putting Hazard over the top. I recognize that. And if you're going to cover Steve one-on-one in the slot, we are going to eat you alive. And I think I called 10 out routes for Steve and completed most of them. Um, so we really did a good job at, at adjusting to what they were throwing at us. Cause I remember on the recap podcast, you guys said that their defense might give us trouble. Uh, shout out to my offensive line. Mm. They did a great job. I don't think I was sacked once all day. Um, and you contained a good D line uh, with uh, Douglas and I think Bill Bellheimer, Billheimer. Yeah. yeah, he's small but he's fast. So um, that was that was great for us. Uh, and also, I gotta give a shout out to my guy Drizzy Dritt. Uh, walked in late, eleven oh five, with his nightcap on, like he's fresh off eleven hours of sleep. Uh, <laughs> said I hadn't scored a touchdown yet, and he came up and caught two uh, against them and, and gave us a nice lead. Uh, and in the end, you know, the, the score doesn't reflect exactly how the game went. Um, they got an onside kick. They ended up scoring on, you know, back-to-back drives without us getting the ball. Um, I think we finished at 35-27. But overall, we knew we could play with them. Um, even though their records were drastically different, they hadn't really beaten anybody that was too impressive. Um, so we thought we could handle them. And, uh, you know, we prevailed. Kersman. Um, I'm going to quote Billy here. It was a lot of pitch and catch. Mm. Um Steve, he, like he said, Steve in the slot, absolute problem. The footwork is phenomenal. He ran the same route, but he ran it a bunch of different ways. And they tried to man it, or maybe, I don't know if they were necessarily manning it, but it looked like they were manning it, and it wasn't working. Uh, that's, no, that's no disrespect to the guys on MSU that were trying to guard it. Steve has one of the best footwork in the league of receivers. Um, Johnny is – adds a completely different element to your team, adds a, a legit game breaker. Um, Steve Ruiz definitely has that ability, but at the end of the day, Jelani is a little bit, has a little bit extra in, in the tank than Steve does in terms of game breaking potential. Showed it immediately with the pick six, red Sam's eyes on a fourth down, um, easy crib call. Um, you guys honestly handled this game. It was 21, nothing in the blink of an eye or 21, seven in a blink, in, a blink of an eye, but overall Michigan state, um, they they need to show they can beat one of the elite teams. Have didn't beat us, didn't beat uh, Georgia, didn't play Florida State, but 
they beat, they've taken care of business a lot this year, but in this one, I feel like talent could kind of just showed itself. You played a phenomenal game, Billy, and yeah. your offensive line. What can you say? Those Honestly, are my guys, man. Those are my yeah. guys. And no, I shout out, shout out TJ for helping us pick them yeah, because they've been great all year. I think I might, for the least mobile quarterback in the league, I might be the least sacked. Don't quote me, but if you kept statistics, I haven't been sacked that much all year. Um, and yeah, Kirschman, you mentioned it too. The the coverage on Steve, they were playing man to man, no help, but the corner was playing three yards inside of Steve mm-hmm. with his back to the middle of the field. So yeah. I said, okay, if you're gonna get, I just told Ab or Dritt, I said, run a go route. Every put, my my call was run a go route, Steve. Just run it out. They can't cover you. And I threw him the ball repetitively on that same exact route, and they never adjusted. Douglas was getting fed up. He said, we talked about this with our DBs and all this stuff. But if you're going to cover like that, you're not – it's hard enough to cover Steve. But if you're going to cover like that, it's way, way too easy. And shout out my guy, Steve. We've been working on this thing for the last eight years. So yeah. that was yeah. easy for us. No, I mean, if you're going to – just to go back to that, if you're going to – Someone like you and Steve have been playing together forever. You know that if you just make that throw to the outside where only your guy can get it, it's going to be a completion every single time. Um, so I just think that Michigan State usually comes in with really good game plans. But in this one, I feel like you just adjusted to the little things that you needed to adjust to. And honestly, I thought you controlled this game from start to finish. Like you said, the score definitely did not depict the full picture in this one. That. Uh, MSU, their strength is in their line, and uh, it was just totally neutralized by Texas Tech's line. Uh, Jay Kilwell, uh, Harnish, Latempa, they did a phenomenal job. Great job. Uh, Given Billy the time, they were able to jump out early that MSU just couldn't recover from that uh, the early three touchdowns that they gave up. Uh, I, I'm hoping – I heard that Abdul uh, is hurt. Uh, I'm hoping he, he – he gets better soon, but my question uh, to you, Billy, is is Nick coming back next week? So here's the thing, and and one thing I don't know with Kurtzman, but Ab, I think Abdul's, I think out for the season. Um, Nick right now has a hamstring injury; he's been bothered by it um, for the duration of the season, really. Yeah, uh, he sure. hurt. He, he hurt it. He hurt it really bad, uh, and that's why he couldn't play this week. So then comes, are we down to nine guys? Because Jelani's here for now. We don't know when his flight's going to be to his next uh, tropical destination. <laughs> but um, is Nick available to play for Ab, or is that too much? Um, we'll talk about it off the pod. We can talk about it off the pod. I'll, I'll hit your line. We'll, we'll, we'll talk semantics. Uh, but, yeah, Ab, I don't know. He's going to the doctor, he said, later this week, um, hoping that – not even for football sake. This is a flag football league. We all work a nine to five yeah. release here, hoping for his sake, period, not even for our team that he's okay. I feel bad enough about making the throw. I, I overthrew him and it kind of led him into that pole. Um, but hopefully he's okay. We'll figure it out from there. Uh, as we go into the playoffs, we don't know exactly who's going to be our roster. We don't know how long Jelani's home. We don't know how long it's going to take Nick to recover. So we'll figure that all out in due time. Interesting. Anything else on this yeah, one? Just, just disappointing. Like Kirsten pointed out, that MSU as good as they played this season, haven't really beat a good team. The good teams. Interesting. Interesting development going on here. Yeah. No. Um. It's it's funny because a lot of us say like oh like not all of us got to play the I hate to say the bottom feeders of the league, but Alabama and Purdue. They the only team Alabama beat was Purdue. Not everyone got to play Alabama and Purdue. So some teams didn't have those. I don't want to call them free wins, but games that every other team took care of the business. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So overall, 
I like MSU as a team, and they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs regardless of who they play. But they were kind of sitting high in the standings, and now if they lose this week to BMS, they could be looking at playing in the playing the playing round instead of playing having that little first round bye where they don't have to play in that seven ten or eight nine matchup. But um, I'll talk about the scenarios on the next pod. I guess we'll do it on the next pod. Maybe pod definitely. All right, you have stats on this one? Yeah, I do. Um, Billy was 20 of 24, 180 yards, three touchdowns, and interception, which I couldn't believe what happened. I um, talked Jelani up all week, and the first fade I oh threw, he gets it in his Sam's hands. I'm like, yeah, Jelani, you fucking yeah, made me look bad, man. Because <laughs> I didn't see I didn't see it live, so when I saw the film, I was like, I, I was like, oh, well, okay, we'll just move on from that. Um, Jelani finished seven catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown, also had a, ru- a one-yard rushing touchdown on a play where you kind of just gave him the ball and said – Get in the end zone. Well, I wanted him to follow my big ass. I told him I'll play fullback as I should oh, have okay, my whole life. Okay. And they MSU stuffed the line. So Jelani made a really nice play. No, he did. He also had two conversions and a pick six. Steve Rue has nine targets, nine catches, 87 yards, three conversions, four tackles. Overall, great game from Steve. Harnish had a sack and one uh, a rush for five yards off a lateral. Uh, J.K. Well had a sack and three tackles. Drain, two catches, 26 yards, both touchdowns. Abdul, two catches, 13 yards, and Mikey Freeman, two tackles. Jersey Dredd, I thought he played great. I haven't seen him. Is this the first game he played this year? So, no, he he missed the beginning of the year. He had COVID. He missed two games. Uh, We put him on the reserve list. Um, Then he came back, and and he's been here the last few games, but – He's, he's always – and he wrote in our group chat uh, last week, two weeks ago. He said, I want to sub myself in for it. And I'm a big proponent of we're all paying $100, pay the league. I'm not telling who can go in, who can come out. I said, Dredd, you want to go in, go. Tell somebody to come out. And he did it. I mean, this week he had a big opportunity because Ab was out. But uh, he's been a little shy for a kid that's not that shy. So it's good to see him get out there and do a, do a good job this week. That's a really I'm nice red zone. I'm happy to hear that too. Yeah. Big kid like that is a great red zone target. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, for Michigan State, Sam Allen was 14 of 23, 167 yards. Uh, he threw a touchdown, caught a touchdown, and ran a touchdown in. Also had an interception. So a big game from Sam Allen, even in defeat. Uh, Douglas, two catches, 12 yards, a conversion, and two tackles. Zach Bilheimer, three catches for 54 yards. Almost caught back-to-back onside kicks on you guys. That would have been uh, very interesting. Yeah, we got bad onside kick coverage. We got to work yeah, on it. We need to work on that. Uh, John Hasser finished with three catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown on a very nice throw from Trevor Garland, who threw two touchdowns in this game on two pass attempts. Also had four catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. So big day from uh, Garland. From For Garland, big day for both quarterbacks on Michigan State. Uh, Sean, two catches, 45 yards. Uh, Sam had the 10-yard touchdown catch I talked about earlier. And Steve Schaefer, one catch, two yards. And made a very nice lateral to Nick Douglas to uh, get them the conversion to keep them within striking distance late in this one. Let's go to the other 12 o'clock game, Alabama versus Ole Miss. I did not see this one. Kurtzman, did you see it? Yeah, I roughed it. Okay, good. Um, give, me, give me the breakdown. Honestly, early on, it was a very sloppy game. Uh, Wiz was kind of Wiz was playing quarterback for Alabama, was throwing a bunch of kind of jump balls, kind of up for grabs. Emmerich and him weren't always on the same page. So a couple uh, – I think he threw three or four interceptions in this game. A lot of miscommunications between him and Emmerich. Paulie had three interceptions in this game. Um, it was very sloppy. Tommy even threw two interceptions in this one. He would probably say this wasn't – is probably his worst game of the season – even though they picked up the win, 
Uh, Ole Miss really can't be happy with the way they played, or at least I don't think they can be happy with the way they played. They let Alabama stay in the game for a pretty long time with Wiz playing quarterback. And no, no slight to Wiz, but they should have been handling business. Um, it was 12-12 at halftime. And 12-12, 18-12 for a pretty long time in the game, or 20-12 for a pretty long time, I thought late in the second half, Ole Miss kind of flexed their muscles, showed why they're going to be in the playoffs while Alabama isn't going to be in the playoffs. I thought Valinati had a very good game on defense. I thought Tommy played well on both sides, uh, on defensive side of the ball. And Austin was very, was his presence was very felt this week, more than uh, recent. The stats haven't always been there for him this year, but uh, he made a big impact, had a safety in this one, so... Um, overall, Ole Miss gets their win on the day to get get to four and four, but uh, I expected to see more out of them. Mm. Billy, you have anything on this one? I know uh, they're your game, but you got anything on Ole Miss? Uh, I'll talk about Ole Miss later because I caught their game against Oregon. Okay. Dad, okay. you got anything on this one? Yeah, I'm uh, disappointed in Ole Miss. They, you know what? When you play the, the, the weaker teams in the league, you really have to show your strength <coughs> to do that. Um, no, again, no disrespect to Wiz. It's, it's, uh, I admire him stepping in and, and playing quarterback, but I suggested to them, I think they should have went to a running offense. Take that, uh, the new player that they have, a uh, very good athlete. Keyshawn. Yeah, I would have had him play quarterback and I would have, I would have run behind a guy. I said the same thing, Tommy. I said the same Who's thing. Who's the big guy on Alabama? He's a road, he's a road grader. This yeah, game. Brian, yeah, Duncan, Brian Duncan. Yeah, they could have ran, yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I would have went to a running offense. And I, I even went over to him and told him, this is what you got to do. Like, Wiz, no disrespect, but you know what? Get on the line and, and just open up the hole for this kid. He's an athlete. But yeah, no. They didn't want to go that route. Yeah, no, he's definitely that kid, Keyshawn, who I hope honestly plays in the league going forward. Yeah. Uh, I He's the type of kid that you see at Skamoo tournaments. They put him in the backfield and they kind of just say, run behind your big lineman. And they got good blocking linemen. Duncan, I thought Paul Carter did very good blocking for him the whole season, honestly. Um, but they, uh, I just, I, I would have went a different route, like you said, and, uh, Ole Miss, they come out of this game with the win, they escape, but, uh, not what you want to see when you're playing against one of the bottom feeders of the league. You have stats on this one, Kurtz? I do. Yeah. Tommy Gonte was seven of 17, 140 yards and uh, four touchdowns. Um, and two carries for 26 yards, also had an interception on defense. Paulie Colodonado had four catches, 86 yards, and three touchdowns, also had three interceptions and a pass breakup. Wow. Uh, Ryan Rougeau had two pass breakups and five tackles. Giuseppe had a 45-yard touchdown catch where he started doing the uh, gritty before he even got into the end zone. Um, Austin had two sacks, one being a safety, and Chris Valenati had two catches, uh, both conversions for 20 yards, also had an interception and a pass breakup. For Alabama, Wiz was 8 of 19, 122 yards and two touchdowns, but threw four interceptions, had three carries for 33 yards. Keyshawn, just two catches, 17 yards, but had an interception and a pass breakup. Emmerich was four catches, 73 yards and two touchdowns. Lone bright spot for this team. He's played great all year. I thought Emmerich has had huge days, and he's honestly going to be up there on the leaderboard yeah. um, at for season league leaders. You'll see him on all bear down teams for sure. Um Lebo, two catches, 14 yards, subbing for them. Rob Conti had a catch, subbing for them. Uh, Brian Duncan, three sacks in this one. A little breakout game for him. And Paul Carter had an interception and one catch for eight yards and a sack. All right. Let's move on to the one o'clock slate. Ooh, we'll start with Bill. Games today. Yeah, we'll start with Bill. We'll start with Billy again. Billy, Texas Tech versus Purdue. Yeah, so this was one we knew we had to have. Um, uh, we lost Ab. We lost Jelani. 
Um, so we ended up picking up John Hassert, actually, who we just played. Um, and he did a nice job for us. Uh, caught two touchdowns, actually. Um, but their defense, uh, as we know, they're, they're a ragtag group. They've been filling in and all this different kind of stuff. Um, so they had Deshaun playing D-line. And he was actually giving us problems early. He hit LaTempa with a spin move faster than a dreidel on the first night of Hanukkah. It was ridiculous. Uh, LaTempa looked at me and goes, this is the hardest kid I've ever had to block. So I said, okay, this could be a problem. But then we found out quickly uh, they had Joey Leota playing corner. Um, and we exposed that uh, for the rest of the game. Uh, and shout out to LaTempa. First catch of the year. He caught a conversion. Uh, he's been talking about how he wants to score a touchdown. We'll get it to him next week. Um, but ultimately, it was one we knew we had to win. Uh, defense came and did their job. I think they only had six points. Um, so it was good for us. Uh, get us to four and four uh, and go into next week with, you know, the power. If we win, we could even get out of the plan. So we're, uh, we're excited to do that. Yeah, well, we, uh, we've already talked about Purdue, and I know, Kirsten, when you get to that, that we still have four more games to do here. Uh, now, you have any final words on, uh, on Purdue? You have anything? Purdue, you've already got everything you had to say out? I said, like I said, I think that Deshaun's an exceptional talent, and I still think he is a top, uh, top of the draft player. Kirsten, how do you feel about uh, Texas Tech moving forward, even though Billy's on the podcast? You can still be honest. No, being honest. Talk to me. Um, no, if Jelani is there, the game breaker, he's a game breaker, and that always will give you a chance to win. Your offense is clicking right now. Uh, defensively, honestly, playing a lot better, too. Um, I think that if you guys get out of the playing round, that's huge for you guys. Just get a week to kind of get, get right. Um, I think you guys are kind of trending in the right direction. I think you could have easily have won the game against Dartmouth. You could have easily have won the game against us. So you're not, you're a four and four team, but you could easily, a couple of plays, yeah. game, you could be six and two. So mm-hmm. um, you're, I called you Billy Dot Motto, and there was, a, I stole that from TJ. It's but me, bro. Um, yeah, I'll give you, your, I'll give you your flowers. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, but no, I think they're trending upward. And like I said, Jelani Orsadati, he's a very good player too. Um, good hands, trustworthy receiver runs good routes, but Jelani gives you guys that extra, that extra game breaker that really sets teams apart from other teams. Um, like the Justins, like the Mikes. So yeah, that's how I feel about Texas tech right now. Yeah. We feel confident. Um, also we were going into this week two and four with a positive point differential. Yeah. We've lost every game by less than I think it was, we lost Dartmouth by six, but all of them were two or three. So, uh, you know, I appreciate your kind words, Kurtz. Hope we see it down the road. We need to get our revenge. Yeah, I like Billy. I'll just, I'll just say it again. I think Billy being at four and four, like you said, Kirschman could have been at six and two. Billy is someone who, when he, you know, signed up and was committed to playing the league, we kind of penciled him in for the playoffs. We're happy that uh, that he's here and you're doing what you're doing, Billy. You're a great addition to the league, my brother. I appreciate it, boys. Appreciate the kind words. I haven't heard those in a while. All right, let's go to the other. Chris, uh, you have stats on this one, actually. Um, do I have stats on this one? No, but I have them right now on my phone, play by play. Okay, well, <laughs> let's go. Let's go to the other. Uh, let's go to the other one o'clock game then. Devastating. Um, if you cashed your bet in on LSU being eliminated from the playoffs and not make not excuse me eliminated in the regular season, uh, not even making the playoffs, uh, you would have cat Kirschman. What did you say it was a hundred thousand to one? I, so I mean, they had to going into the season before we saw anything, just the rosters. Zach Sobes, league reigning MVP, was a lock for the playoffs. I would have, if I had a real book, I would have said the line at minus 100,000 for him to make the playoffs. That's how confident I would have been in. But uh, 
just, I guess he just didn't have the team around him this year. He got it done. Crazy. All right, Billy, yeah. do you want to start with this game? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really see much uh, this one because I was playing alongside. So I'll talk about LSU. Give me thoughts on LSU and what do you think went wrong with them? With LSU? Well, we scrimmaged them in the beginning of the year. Uh, and they, I mean, it was our first game on both sides. Uh, they have some playmakers, suppose, really good. Uh, obviously, Sobes, uh, he runs around and, and he makes his plays. But um, I didn't see many of their games. I don't know how trustworthy their defense was because uh, Sobes was leading the league in a lot of categories at a quarterback, um, if I saw him on the thing correctly. Um, and to not to only have three wins when you have a quarterback of that caliber is kind of tough. I mean, hey, I, we only had two, and I thought I was playing well. So happens. Um, but ultimately, I think it came down to them. Like you said, I know Soaps was the MVP last year. I yeah. think I caught that on the YouTube. Um, surprised that they're not making it. Maybe they just didn't have the guys uh, this time around. So um, I'll talk a little bit more about them. I got to see their game against Georgia. Chrisman. Yeah, um, I cut the film for this, so I got to like, see some of the game. Um, back and forth affair. Uh, both ways, I felt like uh, both teams were making some uh, making some touchdowns that were kind of lucky. There was a lot of bad flag grabbing this game. I feel like each team was trying to outdo each other in terms of who could grab the flag worse. Um, but in the second half, BMS kind of flexed their muscles a little bit, and Vin and Mikey really started talking their shit. They went up by a score, got the stop. Then Vin runs it in and uh, really starts talking his shit and getting, getting it going. So um, confident Gargano brothers are a scary sight to see. Um, BMS has really pulled together. Like I said, they have a very good offense. They run a, they run a bunch of different plays out of the same formation, so you never really know um, what's actually coming. They'll run a bunch of different receivers in motion pre-snap just to kind of see what the defense is giving you and kind of just set up all their other plays. So – um, BMS is another team that I think is kind of trending upward. Defense played a lot better this game, this day, only allowing what 12 to Oregon and 20 to LSU. So 32 points in two games, they're trending in the right direction. So, um, I like what I'm seeing from them as for LSU. I think this was the last thing I would, I was thinking I was going to say, saying, can't believe a soaps team missed the playoffs, but, uh, playoffs. I think the offensive line never – he was never able to find the right combination on offensive line. Also, for Sobes, if he – I hope he comes back and plays again in the league soon. I know he's he's saying he doesn't want to play in the summer, but I think that's just because he's a little down in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always looking for the big play, and I admire that. But a lot of times he could just use his legs, grab the easy yards. Mm-hmm. He doesn't always pick on mismatches the way some other quarterbacks do. Like Billy said, like Steve Ruiz one-on-one in the slot. I'm going to abuse that until you change what you do. Um, for us, when Mike has a mismatch, I'm going to abuse it. So you change what you do. Um, he had mismatches with Spo uh, all day in both games. And I felt like didn't take advantage enough of them. I know Spo had a big game in this one, but it wasn't in the way of force feeding a number one, the way that I think Spo could be force fed, but overall LSU, thanks for playing this year. And uh, hope you guys had fun and come back and play in future seasons. That yeah, I'm kind of shocked in this one. It's it's like I guess it's like LeBron's not not making the playoffs, you know, not making the finals. Uh, hey, exactly, the I'm finals. not getting there. But this, uh, <laughs> I thought they solved it, their problem when they went to max protection when they beat FSU. I figured I had it figured out. Uh, didn't work that way. You know, I, I heard the news from from Sobs like I think it was at halftime. He was like, you know, I'm not coming back next year. I think that's just frustration. I hope it's. Uh, I hope he does come back. 
Uh, I told him, I said, if you want, I said, let me draft your team next year. You? Yeah, I'll put a winner on the field for him. Wow. That's your, your so proposal. I, I think that Soap says, you know what? I, I've got enough talent. Like, he trusts himself enough to say, you know what? I can carry a team. It just it, it wasn't that. He said, the league has gotten better. Defense have gotten better. Uh, line play has gotten better. So he can't, you know, all the magic used to have, what you see in the past couple of years, late game magic, it just wasn't there this year. And it's not on him. I, I really do think he needs the help. I just need that he should have drafted a better team. I'm not saying the players are bad. The mesh was wrong. Right, exactly. There, there, there are good players. It's just the mesh was wrong. So you, you're putting in your bid to be the GM of Soap's team. I told him, I said, I'll be more than happy to draft for him. Interesting. Interesting development. Christian, how do you think that works out? Uh, listen, Tommy, Tommy touts a lot. So he that would be his biggest test. That would be his, that would, I, your reputation's on the line there. Hey, Tommy watches more games than all of us. Yeah, We're playing know. a couple That's times a week, so he knows. Christian watches the most games out of anyone in the league. Fact. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Kurtz, but at least you Fact. played it. But Tommy's there. He's evaluating talent on a, on a game-by-game basis. Oh, yeah, no. But Billy, Tommy can't draft my team. Billy, you're – no, yeah, he can't draft your team. Right? <laughs> no, TJ, if I, if I need help again, I think you did a pretty good job this year. I might uh, take you up on your service. How about this? How about let's talk about this real quick, Kurtzman. That was his biggest test. My, do I pass the test? Does TJ pass the test? Why? You help mm. Purdue draft the team, too. No, Kurtz would help Purdue. I help Billy's team. Oh. Mm, interesting. So, so you're saying he's a better GM than Kurtzman? No, I'm not saying that. I also help draft Kurtzman. No, because you've seen my teams in this league. Exactly. Don't yeah, even exactly. have y'all seen my teams. So then how come you couldn't put a winner together for Purdue? It just didn't work out. Yeah. That's all it was. It just didn't work out. Yeah. Let's go. Um, Huge win. Before we move on, I just want to say oh, this. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. This is why Purdue didn't work out. Because the three players I didn't draft, his friends didn't really show up enough. Yeah, fact. That's that's actually the fact. That's why it didn't but show up. Let's, let's it talk didn't. about this, though, real quick. Huge you're deflecting. Win. You're deflecting. I like that. <laughs> huge, huge wins by uh, by Blue Mountain State to go 2-0 this week and secure themselves a playoff spot. Huge, uh, huge, huge performances by everyone on their team. And, you know, the legend of Vin Gargano definitely uh, lives to see another week here. Let's go to the two o'clock slate. Start with the, you know, the one that put Sobes out here. Uh, LSU versus Georgia. Billy, I'll start with you. You said you watched this one. Yeah, I caught this one. Um, you know, Georgia, I think as we've all come to realize, they're a good weather team. Um, <laughs> when it's when it's raining, it, they're like the Wicked Witch of the West. They melt. So uh, um, I think they came to play. You know, IB is IB. He changes direction quicker than a girl changes her mind. And I say it all the time is he – He's you couldn't get a hit on him in a phone booth, and and their offense was rolling. Uh, Starner had a big game, I think that's his name. Guy plays in the Jack face Starner. mask, he had a big game. Um, you know, I kind of expected that. And then from the LSU side, um, I, I said, you know, Sobes runs around, runs for his life more than a puppy at Mike Vick's house. It's <laughs> it's terrible, and he's trying. And like you said, their line never meshed. Um, and I think it came down to that for, for them, they they didn't really uh put it together over the course of the season. Georgia's a tough out. Uh, as you know, Red Raiders are their kryptonite uh, so far and a forfeit to Wyoming. But um, I thought this game went exactly as I expected it to. Uh, Georgia's a good team. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing them in the playoffs. Maybe we run into them again and have to double down. Kurtzman. Um, big win from Georgia. Jack finally back. Um, was making plays, had a couple touchdowns in this one. IB doing what he does best, running all around, kind of Drock was saying to me, IB sometimes just runs to make you look foolish. Um, so he did that a bunch and he he's just his flat 
like when he's when he's running full speed and making his one cut, it's very it's very hard to stop him. Um, he was in a groove, like Billy said, when the sun is out, uh, Georgia is shining. So I um, hopefully when I play Georgia, it's raining. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, like Billy said with LSU, like I harped on before, just didn't mesh, didn't work out. Um, sucks. Hate to see LSU not even in the playoffs. There went finalists from last year, Sobes. And now nine in the playoffs. Very weird thing to see. Um, wait one sec, really oh, quick. My fault, um, Georgia, at the end of the game, is playing with six guys. Dano just walks off the field and leaves. Pete just disappears, and Dean Wiatrowski taking off his uh, taking off his cleats. They're down. LSU was down thirteen points. They score in two plays in like fifteen seconds. Still had all three timeouts. Ended up getting the ball back and having a chance to win the game. Spo honestly had a decent shot. I thought at a hail mary that. Uh, they just couldn't come down with, but wow. Georgia needs to play. Like, they need to stay and play. Like they weren't in, they were in control of the game, but I was free. I was on, the, I was roughing the game and I'm like, what is going on right now? Like I'm counting the players on the field. And like, there's only six guys on Georgia they, and no one else is there. They walked off the field. Like not even like walked off. Like they were winning and they kind of thought the game was over, but there was a lot more time than they thought. Uh-huh. And Sedano, I just see Sedano at his trunk, like leaving and he looked miserable the entire time. So I don't know what's up with that, but um, hope Georgia just keeps showing up and playing well. All right. Uh, yeah, sad to see LSU go like that, but obviously big win from Georgia. Love to see someone like Jack Stoner, you know, back in the league after all these weeks. So um, let's go to the other 2 o'clock game. Huge. Oh, do you have stats for that one, Chris, before I get off that? No. Okay. Dad, you have anything you want to say on that? No. You're good? All right, let's go to the last game of the day here then. Oregon versus Ole Miss. Huge win for Oregon in this one. 0-2 playing a triple header and then getting a huge win in their last uh, last game of the day against a good old Miss team. Billy, you saw this one? Yeah, I actually watched this whole one. Uh, sorry, Sir Hoff, I was rooting for old Miss because it would have made our path a little easier um, if Sir Hoff didn't pick up that fourth win. Um, but they did a good job in this one. Uh, it was really back and forth in the first first half. Uh, I know Paulie caught a, a tip ball. Hail Mary at the end of the half. Ole Miss seemed to be in control. And then uh, something in, in the second half, uh, the pressure of Oregon got to Tommy and Tommy was sweating like Sandusky at a daycare center. He was just in a bad way. He put blinders on. I was calling him Seabiscuit because he couldn't look up the field. Um, and uh, his guys were getting frustrated. And I think I didn't expect that out of Tommy. You know, Tommy was a college quarterback. He knows what it's like to be under pressure and still make throws. Um, but he, he got a little uh, stuck in his ways trying to avoid sacks left a lot of guys open down the field and credit to that defensive line for staying at it. Um, also, uh, they weren't really getting to Serhoff. Uh, Serhoff was dumping it off. And the one time they actually got to Serhoff, uh, they pulled the flag immediately before he threw a pick six. Uh, it would have put them up by eight going for a conversion to put them up nine. Um, so I think it just came at the wrong time for them. Um, and then they had that, the, the little boy beef, um, Sheree or Zach was going crazy, talking, talking smack the whole time to uh, I think his name was Valinati. And this one got really heated. And I don't know if it was I heard there might be some fan beef in the captain's chat. If it was Oregon, you know, third game, they're getting to their head, the heat and all that. But credit to them. They came out win uh, Serhoff by the end of the game. He, he had no pants on. Uh, I've seen more clothes on strippers. 
than I saw Sir Hoff at the end of that game. Uh, but they won. And credit to them. Bullen, I think, had a big touchdown at the end. Uh, and then they, they shut down Ole Miss. Um, so good for Oregon. Uh, they needed that, especially I think they lost a mirror too. So they were playing down their best linemen uh, and still came out and beat Ole Miss, who um, I think is another team that their record was better than they actually are. I think they have to tighten some things up. Kurtz? Um, yeah, I'm not really sure what to think about Ole Miss right now. The D- wow. Dane's injury, I think, is going to come back to haunt them, and that's not any slight to the player, da- the kid Danny, that they got to replace him. But Dane was a, a difference maker. This kid is just a, a pretty good lineman on both sides of the ball. He'll make plays for them occasionally. But Dane was a little bit different of an animal, third-round pick. Um, I, when I talk, I, I briefly talked to Tom, like I'm talking two sentences back and forth. I said, did you win? He looked disgusted at me and said, no. And I said, damn, that sucks. He said, yeah, it was terrible. So he obviously doesn't think that they played well. Um, Suroff kind of said that they, the defense, his defense played phenomenal. Just a few broken plays that they need to um, not allow to happen. They finished their season four and five, which it puts them in the playoffs, but they're for sure going to be in the play. And I guess, unless you all lost and you all were four and five, and then I don't know what would happen, but. I'm hoping that the simplest format comes out of these games <laughs> to deal with any of the point differentials and shit like that. I have it all in the in the file, but let's just hope for smooth sailing. But anyway, um, I, it just it, it was it's crazy that I think I thought Ole Miss was was really like hitting a crazy stride on their way up. They had beaten so I guess ends up not being a good team. They beat they almost beat Florida. They could have been four zero very easily, but um, a little shaky middle of the season for them. So I'm hoping that they are able to get a win against TCU in their next game for their sake and build some confidence going into the playoffs and maybe avoid the playing game with a win. Dad. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that Ole Miss played terrible the whole day. I know they went one-on-one, but uh, their, their poor play carried over in the first game and, and resulted in a loss in this game. Uh, I know Dane's hurt, and I specifically – I actually talked to Danny. Uh, he's happy about being in the league. He's excited about it. Can't wait to play in it next year. If he knew about it, he said he would have, he would have joined earlier. You need that kind of enthusiasm. But I specifically watched him on both sides of the ball. His kid's motor was going 100% on every play. I mean, he was exhausted in the game, you could tell. And about pressure on Serhoff, plenty of pressure. The reason why his pants were falling off is because they kept tearing at his pants. You know, they, they were in on him the whole day. <laughs> Uh, I, I think this kid, Danny's a good player. I, I like the way he played. I think it's a good replacement. I, you, you know, I, I really don't know much about Dane. I, I can't comment on how he played, but watching Danny, I think it, it's it's a good replacement. I mean, they did well replacing him. And one more thing also, uh, just because you kind of may remember Tommy, but they're another team that they don't really throw as many quick hitters as you would think. I, I think a lot of success on offense in this league is getting the ball out and your playmakers make plays. Uh, and Tommy was taking a lot of time to get rid of the ball. And, you know, I know Oregon is a pretty stout defensive team, but um, they were trying to go a little further down the field than I think they needed to. And that's Tommy one. Well in a pocket, he buys a lot of time. I just thought he missed a lot of receivers. I'm looking downfield at open receivers mm-hmm. and he didn't see him. Yep. That was the whole thing. And I, his, uh, there were some guys that, that were literally standing there waving like a six-year-old for the ice cream truck, jumping up and down. And Tommy was looking at the line. And as I said, he got his blinders. And I was very surprised. I would expect that from someone that hasn't played at a, at a high level like he did. You know, he played well for FDU. 
Uh, I've seen his highlights and stuff. The guy, the kid can play ball. And I was very surprised that he got flustered like that in the flag game. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's and something that we really hadn't seen. I feel like he had always been very good. I think he's getting a little more uh, – he's way more comfortable trying to make people miss in the backfield. I saw that a lot against Alabama. That's why they had five or six sacks on him. And, um, Billy, you said it. You're one of the – you're definitely one of the least sack quarterbacks in the league because you're very consistent with we're getting the ball out fast. Like, if the timing route's there, it's there. Um, I'm a lot the same way. I definitely try to make people miss, but I make sure the ball comes out pretty quickly. Um that's more so for the making your offensive line's life easier as well as just making your life easier. The sacks, you lose yards, you get into crazy situations. It was like a fourth and five against, I'm going back to the Ole Miss versus Alabama game. So you go fourth and five and Giuseppe was staying wide open, like three yards past the first down. And Tommy launches a ball to Pauly 30 yards downfield. It was incomplete. And Giuseppe looks at me and he's like, he just, he needs to remember that there's guys so close to him that can make plays. Yeah, it's situational awareness. That's a big part. And and something like that. That's why it surprised me because I know you do it. I do it. Tommy, I thought would be another guy, you know, that gets the ball out quick. He's he's a pretty guy. I see to run this year. And I never really saw Tommy run. He can move. And I think maybe he's getting a little bit too caught up in that and that he's now making people miss. His ego's getting a little bit. He's feeling like Mike Vick back there when you really just need to make the simple play sometimes. And I think he didn't do that in this game. And if he did it, I think it would have been a much different outcome. Yeah. The sacks are just drive killers at the end of the day. They just put you in in terrible situations, but um, I still think that any, like they're going to be another team that they're going to be a tough out. They're not going to get blown out in a playoff game. Um, They play good defense. So um, excited for both of these teams that should be in the, that are in the playoff, but seeding still in the air. If you've made it this far of the podcast, God bless you. This bless is, you. I think this is the longest podcast that we've ever done. Um, that's going to wrap it up for all the games this week. Can I, can I say one more thing before we end this? Yeah, good. At the end of the, a couple of games this weekend, uh, there were one possession games going in, you know, the last possession, and they're letting teams end the games. All right, you, know, you guys, we couldn't score. There's like a minute left. You guys win. You're just going to sit on the ball. How about making the other team snap the ball? It's like we've never seen a bad snap in this league. Why are teams just giving up and just conceding? I don't understand. I saw it in two or three games. One game Oregon did. I don't have to pip. I said, what are you doing? Why are you just going to let them walk off the field with a victory? Let them snap the ball. Tommy. And it's not happening. Tommy, you remember championship game summer? Yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. Just for anyone that didn't know what happened that game. Uh, we scored to no, no, we were down a score and they were going to kneel the ball and we made them snap it. And instead of kneeling it, Sobes throws it to Joe yeah. picks it off. And then we score, tie the game up. They, Cal, uh, Sobes ended up coming back and winning the game, but those little things that made that one of the best games I ever played in. Mm, yeah. So make teams snap, especially in the playoffs. I don't want to see any team not make their team snap it. You got to make them snap and end that game because anything can happen. We have, uh, Billy, you have any other jokes you want to get off before you get out of here? <laughs> no, no, man. I, I, I appreciate you guys getting, let me come on, have some banter, uh, and, and talk the league a little bit. Um, I, it's been a fun year. I'm excited for, you know, the next week in the playoffs. Texas Tech, baby, we're coming. Record isn't it? We're like LeBron. You don't need to come in first, you can come in fourth. But once you make the playoffs, where it comes down to it. So, um, just thanks for having me out, having me on. Uh, let me crack some jokes. No offense to anybody that I might have said something a little bit uh, too too harsh on. I'm just. Yeah, I thought fun. you were good. I thought you no, were good. No, you were good. You were. 
You, I'm about, I'm about to meme you after the podcast. I'm, I'm gonna do the, uh, you know, the LeBron and Kyrie uh, meme that they post whenever someone goes off. Yeah, like, I'm gonna be like Billy on the pod tonight. And I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And uh, you know, I plan, I plan on being here in the summer. So maybe I'll, uh, I'll catch you guys on here again. Yeah, sure. Sure. Everyone, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to subscribe on all podcast platforms as well as the YouTube channel. We will see you on Thursday for the final regular season week preview, and then we're on to the playoffs. Peace, everybody.